Good morning, everyone. What is going on? We are back again with episode 72 of the South Florida Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Silverback Senpai, and joining me around the roundtable is co-host Waluigi and AJ. Dudes. And our guest is Red Spectre. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. As y'all already know, in traditional fashion, this episode of the podcast is going to be available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all your audio hosting platforms that you know of. Just go ahead and just look up South Florida Gamers Podcast and you will find us there. Or the easiest route is just to Google us. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get right to it and, you know, get with our guest. Today is Red Spectre and we want to know your gaming origins. We want to know your gaming background. Like what got you into gaming? Okay, so it goes back to a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away on oh, a planet Star Wars time. No, I'm, too early for I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, like my game at Origins goes back to when I was about two years old. Believe it or not, I actually remember that far back. Um, I remember living up north because I'm originally from New York. Um, my older brother had the, was the biggest one in the gaming, so he had the original NES. And I'll never forget, just one night I was just randomly just walking through the house. I came into his room, and he was playing, I'll never forget, the original Ninja Gaiden on the NES. Oh, my God. The original yes. game. That's a new one. Yeah. Like, and That's then I was so mesmerized by what was going on on the screen. It was the colors. It was the way he was moving and, you know, the enemies. It was just like, I just, I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't understand story. I didn't understand characters, but I'm like, yo, this, this is like insane so it's like I was mesmerized by that and that was like my first taste of gaming I'm like yo I want to see more so I kept going into my brother's room and then he would put on other games and then that's when I got introduced to Super Mario Brothers and then I was like okay this is an easier game for me to play until he gave me the controller and then I played and then I died on the first Goomba so (laughs) yeah I failed that was my that was my first time but that was my actual first taste of gaming but I fell in love with gaming at that point it just felt like even though I was so young I felt like that was the beginning of something like special. And then the more I started playing with my brother, he also had a Sega Genesis at the time too. And we used to play, the biggest thing we used to play was Sonic the Hedgehog, big time. Sonic the Hedgehog. And he also had um, this game, I don't know if you guys remember, it's a fighting, an old fighting game called Eternal Championship. Never heard that one. Oh man, it sounds familiar. It it kind of rings a bell. I would say if you guys ever get a chance, go on YouTube, look up uh, Eternal Champions on the Sega CD, not the Sega Genesis one because that one's censored. So basically, this was Mortal Kombat before Mortal Kombat. It was insane. It had it was very graphic. Could do fatalities, all that stuff. Yeah, I was one of those kids. My mom didn't really care about what I saw as a little child. I like it. So yeah, yeah, it 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 rings a bell. Yeah, it it was a wild game, dude. There's fatalities. It's gruesome and all that. So then we used to just play those games and stuff. And then, um, then he used to play the Super Nintendo, which that was my first real taste of my own type of gaming. Because that's when I started begging my mom, like, hey. I'm sick of going in my brother's room all the time. I'm sick of having to wait till he's home. I want my own console. And, you know, it was tough for my mom at the time. She was a single mom of, like, two of us and stuff, but she made it happen for Christmas. Aww. So she's my very first console was a Super Nintendo, I'll never forget. And it came with F-Zero, the original Ooh. F-Zero game. That was my first, like, main game myself. And she also bought me Donkey Kong Country. Yes. Ooh. And we all know this one, if you old school, Lion King. 
Uh, We about to get to Lion King in a little bit, but yeah, those were my first three games and um, F-Zero, even to this day, F-Zero holds a special place in my heart because that was literally my first racing game I've ever played. And the way that that game was created on that system was it had the full 3D effect on something that was so limited at the time. It's like you really felt like you were on that course. And then when you get, take damage in that game, it makes you feel that. Like, it, I used to get scared when my car blew up because it, like, makes this loud explosion. Like, they make you feel like you really just died. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, to this day, Nintendo, I don't know what y'all doing. Please give us this game back. Like, I want F-Zero and stuff. But, yeah, like, and then, of course, Donkey Kong Country Returns, that's a classic. That's an OG. We all know that's one of the best Donkey Kongs ever made. Um, and Lion King. So I'm playing this game as four years old, right? Play the first level, little Simba, you know, jumping, eating the bugs, you know, jumping on stuff or whatever. You fight the first hyena. He's a little difficult. You beat him. Cool. Second level, I can't wait to be king. I, to this day, still have PTSD on that damn level. Because there is a part, and I'm sure anyone that's played Lion King knows this part. There's a part where you get onto an ostrich. And you're going through, and it's instructing you what to do. You have to, the arrow means jump. Arrow down means duck. And then there's one random spot where it has two arrows. When you're four years old, you don't understand what that means. So basically what it means is you have to double jump, where you have to jump with the ostrich, and then you have to jump with Simba, and you have to literally go right through this branch, but you have to do it perfectly. And how the hitbox is, it doesn't make any sense. So you'll end up hitting that branch and dying every single time. Oh. To this day, I struggle with that level. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, Lion King was a difficult game, you know, growing up playing it and whatnot. And even even myself, I'm I, I struggled with that game when I was young, and I I feel your pain because I went through that, and that that shit wasn't fun. It it really wasn't fun. Like when people say that you know video games are difficult now, I'm like you don't know what suffering was they back then. Yeah, yeah. No. They, they don't know the struggle of leaving your console on for three days because you can't save a game. They don't know. Oh they don't know that struggle at all. The like, auto save was it? This is before the days of memory cards. This is yeah. when you literally had to leave it on yep. to keep continue, or you had to have a passcode. Yep. Which only certain games did that. Like I know, I think Konami games a lot of the times did that, where you could do like a passcode to get back into it. And, um, but yeah, like when I was younger and stuff, it was a lot of the adventure games that I really liked. Um, I didn't really get into fighting games until like later, like later, later. But one of my first tastes of like playing a fighting game that I really, really loved was Mortal Kombat. My first Mortal Kombat I ever played was Mortal Kombat 2. And I loved the violence. <laughs> As a young child, I just was just into it. And I just always thought it was a cool thing. And then that was when my brother bought the original... Mortal Kombat 3. Now, they're not Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. A lot of people forget this one even exists. Yeah. So before Ultimate, there was a version of Mortal Kombat called Mortal Kombat 3. And a lot of people were upset when the game came <clears> out because it didn't feature a lot of the characters people were used to. It didn't mainly have Raiden. Scorpion. Yep. Yeah. Mainly Scorpion. It didn't have him. And then um, they had the Cyber Ninjas. That was the first time they introduced them. Yeah. So you had Cyrax, you had Sector, you had Smoke. Um, they didn't have Johnny Cage. That was like a big thing that people hated. Like, oh, yeah. no one like no Molina, no Katana. You know what I'm saying? Those characters weren't in it. So I ended up falling in love with three before I played Ultimate, which Ultimate was cool, but I always loved three. That was always a special place in my heart. So living up north, 
it's kind of like a code that we kind of go by. It's like when you're up north, it's pretty much you make your money however you can. So me and my brother, we used to go to the local pizza parlors back in the day. And this is when all the local shops used to have arcade cabinets. Oh, wow. Every place you went had an arcade cabinet. Somebody had Mortal Kombat. They had a Street Fighter machine, Marvel's Capcom eventually. Any corner store you went to had it. So we used to go to this local pizza parlor in New Jersey. And... Um, they had an MK3 machine in there. And then me and my brother, we used to play all the time, so we were nice at it. So my brother would go in there, challenge people, because at that time you had to put your quarter on the cabinet to basically hold your spot. And then until someone beat you, you know what I'm saying, that's when you got off. So he used to go in there and money match people, and then he used to beat these guys so bad, know that they were so upset <laughs> that he'd be like, look, man, you so trash that I bet you my little brother who's four years old can beat you right now. So, of course, they would take that bet immediately oh, and try to no. win their money back. But little did they know that I was actually really good and I would actually beat them. And Got to be nice with it. Yeah, we almost got into a couple fights, of course, with that because that's kind of hustling. But, yeah, yeah, it's just but that was that was <laughs> like how I really got introduced to gaming. And I just knew that it was something that this wasn't normal. And it's like I've heard guests say on your guys show before that gaming was like an escape. And that was for me, too. It's like I didn't like in my household. We didn't have the greatest of like upbringing because like my mom was never there. She always worked, so it was either play video games or go out and deal with bad people and stuff. And luckily, I had gaming to keep me away from that. So it's like that's why it's, gaming to this day just holds like a special place in my heart. So yeah, that's pretty much I would say like my my origins and all that how I how I got into it. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. So. That being said, what were your favorite uh, games for, you know, each of the generations? So let's say for the, the, the I would say the 90s generation, like what were your like favorite games? Now, granted, we had um, games like, well, not games, but the consoles like the Super Nintendo, the Sega, Sega Saturn, Sega CD. Um, then we also had Sega Dreamcast, the PlayStation, and the N64. What were some of your favorite games around that era Oof. of gaming? Ooh, that's a lot. Um, okay, so one thing I got to let know people in the chat that, you know, weren't in the 90s, Silverback, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know people complain about games being $70 now, but back then cartridges were about $90 back yeah. then. Yeah. So you, it, you really didn't find a lot of people back then that had a whole bunch of games because games were really expensive at that time. Yeah. yeah. However the quality of the game was way worth the money. Yeah. Like, you can, like, nowadays you would look at, like, Super Mario <clears throat> Brothers, the original, and be like, well, I could probably finish this game in, like, two hours. Nah. <laughs> like, oh, it's, oh. it's different things. It's like, back then, how we thought when we played video games, it's like, it's not just, we got a game, we need to beat it. It's like, how can we maximize the quality of this game? So we used to play games and just do challenges. So, like, one of my favorite games growing up, um, I would say on the Super Nintendo, and I still say that this is the greatest Mario game of all time. You can fight me on it, I don't care. Super Mario World is yeah. one of the, is, is I agree. the yeah. best Mario game ever made. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Hands down. Like, hands down. Like, that is a top tier Mario game. Yeah. Like, if. That, that is true. Yeah. One of the best. Like, people will say Super Mario 64, yeah, that was good, but, like, it has nothing on Super Mario World. Like, that game was so creative, and it had so many different things you could do. The secrets that were in the game, the, un, you know, the warp tunnels, all that other stuff. There was so many different things you could do. So it's like, me and my brother, we used to take games that we loved, and we used to make, like, little challenges for ourselves. It's like, okay, who can make the entire, who can get through the game? 
game the fastest without using any warp tunnels. You know, things like that. Uh-huh. So it's like you're basically playing the same game over and again, but you're getting a new experience every single time. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, so yeah, like Super Mario on the um on the N6, I mean on the, uh, Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Aladdin, because that was when Capcom had to deal with Disney, where they were making Disney games back then. Oh, yeah. Aladdin is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, man, because there was was a whole bunch. Um, Of course, Donkey Kong Country. Love it. If I'm going to NES, Ninja Gaiden. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mother. A lot of people don't know about Mother. You're the first to talk about Mother. That. Yep. And again, that's we gonna get to Nintendo. Oh shit. We gonna get to them. But yeah, Mother was one of my favorite games on there. Uh, what was it? Super Paperboy, I think, or something like that. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. I, I played that. Um, there was a WWF game. I forgot what it was. I think it was WrestleMania, where it was only four <clears throat> characters on it. It was like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and I forgot what. It was, but that was on there. Of course, the original Duck Hunt. Um, Super uh, Ghouls and Goblins. I remember that. Great game. Still to this day, can't finish it. Yeah. There was a whole bunch, man. Um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Definitely. Ooh. And that was before my time. Like, I'm a 90s kid. This was 80s, but like, my brother had it. So, but going, yeah, Super Nintendo. Um, there's a fighting game that I have to bring up, right? And I know everybody's not going to know about this game. Go but on. this game needs to be talked about. So, there was a game that came out on the Super Nintendo, a fighting game. It was called Hey Punk, Are You Tough Enough? I don't know if you guys have ever heard of hey that. Hey Punk, Are You no, Tough Enough? No, okay. I never heard of that one. So if you look on, if anyone has a Switch and you go on to the Super Nintendo store, it's on there. And I was shocked when I saw it. So they have that on there. So picture Samurai Showdown mechanics, but Street Fighter type moves. It was literally a big ripoff of Street Fighter, like the biggest ripoff. Like the main characters were like Ryu and Ken, except it was cool. Like they ended up putting a story behind it. So virtually what the story is about is like it's a post-apocalyptic world. And this one ruler named Jade just came through and just took everything over. And he built this massive tower. And at the foot of the tower, there's this Colosseum that basically leads this resistance. It's four characters you can choose from. In the beginning of the game, you have to fight through a little tournament. Whoever wins is the one that goes into the tower and challenges Jade at the top. So there's an actual story mode to it. And then the cool thing about it is as you go up higher and higher in the tower, your powers develop. Like your fireballs will get bigger. You'll get special, more damage on your um, on your abilities as you go on and all oh. that. It, 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 dude, the game is amazing. So... The thing about it, though, is it's oh. not, it doesn't have combos. That's why I say it's very similar to Samurai Showdown. It's yeah. more about critical hits. And, uh, okay. But I will sit there and say right now, I, I can easily say this, that that game had one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. That music, like, all about it was just so good. The characters were great. And I would love for that game to get somehow get a remake because... I think with that story mode and how that progression, I've never seen a fighting game to this day do that, where you literally level up your character as you go through the main story mode. Like, it was insane. That was one of my, like, favorite on there. Um, it's so weird seeing the health bars are, like... Yeah, they're on the side. They're vertical. Yeah. That throws me off as a person just not knowing this. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy. And then I, I did more research, too. Um, it was made by a company named Jollyco. And in Japan, the name of this game is called Dead Dance. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, so in Japan, the game was actually more violent. They had blood and everything in the Japanese version. 
But then when it came to America, they cut all that stuff out. Like, this is interesting. Yeah, dude. It's, I'm telling a lot of people don't know about it. It's a, like, the only reason I found out about it is because my brother at his school, he had a substitute teacher that was a game tester. So we oh. ended up getting a lot of games early. We actually ended up getting NBA Jam when it first came out because this guy had the testing. Like, what? Yeah, the cartridge, which is one of my favorite games to this day. That's another one. NBA Jam. Yeah, NBA Jam, yeah. dude. Like... To this day, like, I get mad at my brother because I still can't beat him. But, <laughs> um, yeah, then moving on, my next console after that, um, I actually didn't have an N64 when I was a kid. I got it later. Um, my first one after that was a Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn, and that was Virtual Fighter 2. Nice. Classic. Um, Virtual Fighter 2 and then Virtual Cop. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, I've never heard of that. Oh, Virtual Cop was good. Um, it wasn't that many games on... The Sega Saturn, the cool thing about the Sega Saturn was it was one of the first consoles that you can actually put music on it. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, but again, that was around the time when Sega was like kind of going downhill with the consoles. Yeah, they were experimenting with a whole bunch of different stuff yeah. to, you know, make gaming, um, you know, unique in, in a way. And eventually, you know, it, it costed them, you know, big time in the long run. And they decided that, you know, instead of, you know, making consoles, we would rather just be a publisher of just games and and just support all these different companies that were in competition. I was like, hey, we're Sega. We'll make games for PlayStation. We'll make games for Nintendo. We'll make games for um, Xbox and still be in business, which they are still to this day. Yeah. Sega, in my opinion, Sega doesn't get enough credit for what they've done for gaming because mm -hmm. they have. And then the cool thing I love about Sega is like, they are so like welcoming to their modders like they are so open to the people that love their games that made mods of it like i think it what was the sonic game, game that they made was it sonic mania the one where that was literally originally a mod of the original sonic games but they hired them to make that game for them it's like a complete i, I think it was sonic mania i think it was called but sega is just they're 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 really good with that and then after the sega saturn i ended up getting a playstation one which um of course, we had the we had to have the Spyro. Gotta have Spyro. Fuck yeah. yeah. Tekken three. Didn't yep. know what the hell I was doing, but I picked Eddie Gordo and I went every, won every single time. Fuck that's yes. all I know. That, that's what everyone does. <laughs> that's yes. all I know. There, bro. <laughs> Couldn't play with no other character but Eddie Gordo, but I whooped ass. That's all that mattered. That is um, didn't really play too much on my PlayStation one. Like that was when I started upgrading to like the PlayStation two. That's when my real gaming like stuff started my career started going because that's when i started getting into shooters like ps2 yeah the ps2 oh, era is goaded because it's so good so many games that came out in the ps2 a lot of them you know a good number of them were hidden gems that people really did not know about or ne they never heard about it but the ps2 era back in the days like i still that's one of my favorite times of gaming and you also had um, the early capabilities of playing some of these games online mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, for, for those that know my story and with SOCOM, you know, that's how I, I got started. SOCOM was so good, dude. Like, SOCOM is, like, one of the greatest military shooters of all time. Like, I don't know if you guys ever used to watch G4 Tech TV back in the day. Yep, I did. Like, yeah. Back in, like, 2004 time, man. Mm -hmm. I used yep. to stay on that, man. Then I remember they had this show on there called Arena. And Arena, they used to actually, like, have different games they would play. They also played Guilty Gear on there, too. Um, I think it was it was one of the old ones. But, Probably um, double, double X accent. It was one of the older Plus ones, R, yeah. And um, they had SOCOM. They would play SOCOM, like, at the end. And, oh, like, snap. dude, those matches at SOCOM get heated. 
like <laughs> yeah that's yo like i'm like i'm watching this is like 14 years old and i'm just like yo this is like the greatest game of all time like why is why do not more people play this and that was actually when i started loving like getting my taste of shooters i became a huge shooters fan like around that time oh yeah so at that time on playstation um i ended up kind of getting a little decent pc but i was still on dial-up and I know a lot of people don't even know what dial-up is, but that's that struggle city right there. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that struggle city, especially you trying to game on a dial-up connection, 56K, not happening. Pain. So I use, um, I played originally played Halo, Combat Evolved on the PC. Um, that was like my first taste of like competitive shooting and stuff, and I was so good. That was when I started being known as Halo Kid 221. That was my original name. And it was so much fun. I used to, we used to be on this chat called X Fire. That's really old too. Um, that was like a little, that was like before your Discord and all that. So it was like early version of that. And um, then I ended up moving to Counter Strike. Counter Strike is one of my favorite shooting games of all time. It's just a game that is, you got to know what you're doing if you're playing that game. Like that's not a game that anyone can just pick up and play. Yeah. And even to this day, it's like if you stop playing, it's like you'll still like downgrade it's just they change it so much and all of that and then of course i got it i i was always a huge call of duty fan but i'm better than these fake fans out here that said they've been playing call of duty since day one which is lies yeah. like all those people yeah. that be like yeah i've been playing call of duty since the beginning well what's your first one call of duty 4 model get out of my face yeah and no if <laughs> call of duty 4 was your first game hell if call of duty 2 on the console World, what was that? World's finest hour or something like that, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. If that was your or first big one, red one, get out of my face. I'm talking about I played 1999 Call of Duty one with health bars, with health packs, all that. You are a real OG fan if you played that. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all didn't know the hype when Call of Duty 4 got announced. Like, I was, I lost my stuff when I saw All Gillied Up for the first time because it was cool to see it go from World War II to modern. And when Modern Warfare came out, Oh, I was on it, man. Like, competitive, heavy. I was playing MLG at the time, dude. Game battles. I was on it, dude. Oh, wow. Modern Warfare was something else. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. And that that that's when gaming was just like... It, gaming was changing, and it was going for the better because now Halo had competition at that time. Oh, like, yeah. Like, because now you had your Halo 3, and now you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And it was like, at that time... You don't know which ones to pick. And then, of course, this was during the early era of online gaming as well, mm -hmm. where people are getting Xbox 360s, they're buying their Microsoft points. You had to get that headset because mm -hmm. that was mandatory. Yeah. I still yep. have mine, surprisingly. If, if you wanted to talk shit online, like, it was mandatory. <laughs> you needed for, that. It was mandatory nah, you, for you to get that um, headset. Yeah, you couldn't even get into a party without it. Like, it was just, oh, oh yeah, yeah you don't, that was yeah. before party system. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, a lot hey, of... Yo, you got a mic? No, disconnect. <laughs> dude, a lot of people, like, that shows you how old I am, dude. I remember when 360 didn't even have a party mode when it first came out. Like, a party system? That mm -hmm. was new to us. They had chat rooms. They had the chat rooms, but it was only one-on-one. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one chats. And then they did this massive update where they changed the entire dashboard. It was like, hey, yeah. we do parties now. You I have six that. people. And we're like, what is this? We go in there. Dude, when I tell you Xbox 360 parties... You didn't even have More to play a shit, you bro. didn't even have to play a game to enjoy yourself. There was plenty of times we'd be in a party for four straight hours just talking, talking shit. Talking shit. Yes. That's all we did. And oh it got God. worse when you got into the game. Because oh, I'll yeah. tell you, like, dude, y'all oh, don't understand. Yeah. Like, you know how sensitive people are nowadays. They could not survive in the 360. Fuck no, no. Because all you could do is just get emotional damage, send a report. 
And then the cycle just continues. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, dude. That was when I fir- had my first taste of racism, dude. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Your first time. When you... Okay. Modern Warfare... I'll never forget. Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4. Right? I was playing... You know, when you first play online, you don't know how it is and all that. You remember how, like, you would read the rating saying, like, hey, rated E for everyone, but there's a small little thing underneath the rating that says online interactions not rated? Yes. And I never understood what that <laughs> meant until yeah. I actually got on Call of Duty 4. You know, so, I realized that, too. Yeah, I never so understood that. I get on there, and you know, when you're first playing online, you're all humble. You're like, hey, man, good kill, bro. You know what I'm saying? You're good stuff or whatever. You're all nice yeah, and all man, that. Shut the fuck so up. I said, so I was like, hey, good kill, bro. Like, nice shot. And he was like, bro, don't call me bro. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I was just saying good kill. He's like, bro, oh, you sound black. You must be a black dude. And I was like, I literally was no. just there, like, with my headset. Like, and he was like, yeah, man, I can't stand the black people or whatever. That's all you got to say is bro, 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 bro. And I'm like, dude, that's just hard to process at first. I couldn't do it because that was my first time ever experiencing that. Bro, like, I've heard that's... stories, but, like, I'm never, like, I, dude, I felt like I was back in the 60s at that point, dude. <laughs> I was like, you, were, you were introduced to a whole new era. I'm like, am like, I oh, supposed to? Am I supposed to join my lobby? It like separated from other people. Like, is this segregation? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then I got so mad because you get upset immediately. You're like, you know, like, fuck you and all that, all that stuff. And then you realize, and when you start playing with other people, like you get your squad in together. They start talking this shit right back, and they're like, look. If yep. they give it to you, you got to give it back. Oh, hell yeah. That's <laughs> when I learned how to have thick skin in those I, I chat lines. That should be like a mandatory thing. Just get into modern warfare yeah. parties. That, yeah. That's how you build it. Dude, I skin. remember, like, I know you guys remember playing Call of Duty, man, where you party up, right? You know how, like, before it's, it's matchmaking, it just puts you in the lobby with your team by itself when it's matching. You know, you hear the little music, you see your emblems going and all that stuff, and you hear. Boom, and then all as soon as you drop in, N word, N word, N word, all this like, F, you know, like bro, what is going on? Man, I, man, I can understand that. Then people just playing their music right up. Dude, oh my god, oh man. and fucking headset too. And like children crying in the corner, or they're just getting yelled at. I'm just like, or the best one, you hear their smoke detector alarm going off oh because my the god. because they need to change out the battery. Yes, guilty, <laughs> <laughs> guilty. Like, that might be a stereotype, but it's true. We don't change our freaking batteries. <laughs> you get somebody else to. Because <laughs> nobody feels like getting on the chair and going up there and untwisting it. Nobody feel like doing it. Nah. I got that problem in my apartment right now, man. That thing hasn't been changed in, like, three months, and I don't feel like getting up there. And it's fine. I just, like, you, you get used to it eventually where you can just sleep through it. It's fine. Yeah. It's, like, it's not a big yeah. deal. But, yeah, like, um, those lobbies and stuff. So, like, because I feel like... 2007 around that time was the golden era of shooters yeah because you had halo you had gears of war yep Yep. and then for your racing fanatics you had forza (laughs) but still it's like we remember those three games those those were the big three at that point yeah so like that was when i got into it but then i started realizing that i'm like you know what like i'm really nice at these shooting games and all that but the one thing that always would piss me off is like i would be with good people but, like, nobody would ever take it seriously because I really wanted to compete. And I'm like, you know what? This fucking sucks. So then one night I was just going through MLG game battles, which I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember. Yeah. Yep. I was going through, and I was looking at the different games that, like, they offer, and I saw a Street Fighter HD Turbo Remix on there. Oh. And I had just bought that game because I love Street Fighter 2. That's one of my favorite fighting games of all time. And I'm like, wait, they got that on here? I can actually do game battles in Street Fighter? 
got my first taste of that. So I was like, all right, shit, I'm nice at it. Now let me, let me define my definition of being nice. So I was one of them stupid people where I was so used to not playing fighting games online. I never played any fighting games online at that time. I was used to just going through arcade mode, busting the computer's ass on hard mode, and I thought I was nice. Oh, nice. So, mm. yeah. So I did the same thing with Street Fighter II HD Turbo Remix. I get online, I get on a game battles <clears throat> where I actually have to play in the real person. This dude picked Ken and mixed my shit all to hell. And I was just like, what? Like, the computer don't do this. Like, how do I stop this or whatever? And it's like, then I did another match. I got destroyed or whatever. I was just getting freed up, dude, like, bad. And then I was like, I was getting upset because I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, how are these people this good? And then luckily, one of the guys that I played, he actually mentored me. He was like, no, dude, let me show you exactly what you're doing wrong. And that's when I finally learned how to play a fighting game the real way. Yeah. Like, he taught me footsies. He taught me when to DP, when not to do this, negative frames and all that. He literally taught me that at that point. So then when, I, when my mind awakened at that point, that was when I started falling in love with fighting games from there on. That was when I started getting into it. And then after Street Fighter, that was when Street Fighter 4 came out. Great era. Yeah, so I consider myself an 0-9-er. I'm one of those. So um, I figured. Street Fighter 4... That that was a moment in history that completely changed like the fighting game um, era because it that really was like did. that was for, I would say for me for a lot of people it was like the first time playing a fighting game online. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, and then the the cool thing about it was now that was when online fighting games were really coming into its own at that point. It's yeah. like now it's like this is the standard now. This is how you're training for tournaments. Yeah. You got to play online. Even and at that time, we didn't care about lag and all that other stuff. We just wanted to play. Yeah. You know I mean, most of the time we still met up locally anyway and played. But it was like if we wanted to like learn a matchup, we went online and played that. Yeah. So it was like, but the thing that killed me was, I was really good in vanilla and I was really good in super. But when Ultra came out, that's when I kind of lost my interest in it because I'm gonna tell you why. There was a special game that came out in 2011. You wanna know what that game was? Mortal Kombat 9. I knew you were gonna say that. Every fucking time, bro. Every yeah. fucking time. Mortal Kombat. I, I didn't even have to look 9. at AJ, I just knew. <laughs> that right there is one of my favorite fighting games of all time. That is one of the only fighting games I will ever sit there and say that I, I live in West Palm that I was the nicest Ermac in West Palm, and I will say that now. No one in West Palm could beat me. And that, you know, you guys can check the stats on that one. Nobody, crazy, nobody in West Palm could Crazy, he says that because I was the best The only people that could Ermac beat me Miami. at those tournaments were people from Miami and down south. That's it, because they zone out. Damn. Which I can't fucking should have. I, I, sh I, I should have really gotten into, into all the tournaments back then, because... I probably would have faced you because I was an Ermac main. Like, because I don't know if you guys. Yeah, I'm an Ermac main in Mortal Kombat now. And that's why another reason I was so happy I get a chance to beat you finally because I know you always talk about like Raiden. how much you love Ermac and in me I was Ermac game back then, dude. Like yeah. Ermac and cheese all day. So it's like the fact is like with Ermac, right? I played Ermac differently. A lot of people would play Ermac kind of like zone and kind of like mid screen and all that. Nah. I played Rushdown with Ermac. And I was out of my mind to do that. And this was after he got nerfed, when he became a C-tier character. But, like, my thing was, and I have a philosophy, and I hope Herbs is in the chat because I say this all the time. Play your mid-tiers, play your low-tiers. The reason why is because, guess what? Most of these people don't lab that. They don't know. They don't know how to beat up characters that you're not used to seeing commonly 
at all. And that was what helped me a lot when I used to play Ermac. A lot of people weren't used to seeing him. Yep. Or if yeah. they were used to seeing him, they were used to you playing a certain way. Yeah. So, like, when I'm playing a Johnny Cage, who's an S-tier character that is used to just, hey, I'm just going to bully you with forward two all day, and then I'm going to just red kick you if you try to try to zone out, and then I'm going to back on you again. You know what I did? I'm out of my mind. I rushed Johnny Cage with Ermac. That's, I, I, that, no one has ever done that. Big D has not done that. None of the, none of the good Ermac players you will ever meet will say, rush Johnny Cage. But I did it because the main reason I did it is because they're not expecting that. Yeah. They don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking like, okay, well, I know that. So that's why labbing and learning your matchups was very important because that's why my first thing that I did when I got good at MK9 was learn how to beat all the top tiers. Because once you learn how to beat them, you basically beat 90% of the players you're going against. Because yep. yep. everybody's going to play top tiers. That's it. It's just, And that's fighting games in general. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's just it, it it's wild, man. I just I miss MK9, man. I miss that I game miss so it too, much, man. dude. Like, yeah, man. Like that 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 game right there, and like Silverback. Like I said, I know you're an Ermac player, man. Like, yeah, you know our struggle. See yeah, like the, the test your might forums, dude. I was in. Oh, I love it. I was in there, dude. Did, did you do the duos as well, like duo teams, or just like tag? strictly just He's Ermac? About to tag? Yeah. Um, I would, but it was broken. Yes, it's yeah. stupid, dude. Yeah, it, it, like it's, it's stupid fun, but man, it is like. But if you had smoke, you're done for. Like, if someone had smoke, you're done. You talk about in the tag? Tag. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. I, I always tagged with uh, Noob and Ermac. That was. That, 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 that's, that's when I realized how toxic I can really be. Bro, Ermac's levitation is so underrated, dude. It <laughs> like, is. It's yep. so it is. Dumb, it is. It's so broken, it is. bro. Like, but, like, nah, man. But we gonna, if we're going to talk about broken characters in MK9 and Silverback, I know you can back me up on this one, dude. Cyrax is the dumbest bro, character yeah. ever made. In, 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 bro, that is the... That dude, that, it pissed me off. Dude, I, as you guys can see, I still get annoyed over that character. Because, like, okay, that character was a Marvel character in Mortal Kombat. Because literally all he was was a 50-50, and if you guessed wrong, you died. Yeah. That's literally all it was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he was that broken, and it's a bomb trap setup. Yeah. If you guess wrong, you're yeah. eating 50% unblockable immediately. Yeah. When you guess wrong again, you're dead. Yeah. That's exactly how. That's why that, so that, many people did that. That's, that's why you had to learn the matchups against um, Cyrex players because of the fact that, you know, <clears throat> You guess wrong, hey, you could punish them. If they guess wrong, you could punish them severely. But if they get it right, then it's just like, yeah, I, I'm pretty much done for. Yeah, it's, it's insane, man. And I played with the best players, dude. Like, on that, again, that was the great thing about that era because a lot of players, like, yeah, a lot, the tournaments were played on PlayStation, but a lot of the players still played on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. because it played better. It, yeah. it played better on the console. It didn't really lag could. as much. So it's like... That was so. I played with Kerbalicious. I played with CD Junior. I played with Tyrant. I played with Pig of the Hut. I played with all those great players back then, except 16 bit. I played with him too, but he lent he well, no, I'm sorry, she knows. Um, sorry about that. Um, 16 bit was so difficult to play against because how she played Katana was the most lame thing I have ever seen. Oh no, it's like as soon as the round starts, she gets to the back with Katana. And just throws fan after fan after fan after fan. Chip damage. I can't do anything. Like, one thing that I learned about Ermac eventually is he has no way to deal with zoners, like, at all. It's, mm -hmm. it's bad. And then when I really found out, like, I kind of had to retire at that point was when they released Kenshi. Because Kenshi 
was stupid in that game in terms yep. of zoning. You couldn't yeah. do anything. It, that, that's literally equivalent to like an 8-2 matchup. You're not going to win. And I was too invested in Ermac to pick up another character. I wasn't going to do it at the time. That's when, that's when um, I was like, I retire. But it was a fun time. But then also, Silverback, I know you can probably relate to this too. Funny thing about it, this was like the, when NRS community first started. I was one of the OGs. And I remember the one thing that brought us all together is because we had beef with the Marvel community at the time. We had big beef with Marvel 3 players heavy at that time. We did not like each other. We still don't like each other. I will sit there and say on this podcast right now, Marvel 3 is one of the worst fighting games ever freaking made. That game is trash. If you try to defend it to me, no, you're irrelevant to me. I'm sorry. You cannot defend X Factor. That is the dumbest comeback mechanic I've ever seen in my entire life. That basically says, hey, let's give something to somebody who does not know what they're doing that does not know footsies that cannot come back on their own with any type of fighting game community skills the only reason people like that game is because it's flashy it looks nice and that's it nobody has ever said one time that this (laughs) game is a good fighting game it's fun to watch but that's it that game is trash if you have a game with phoenix in it if you try to justify (laughs) phoenix to me you chose violence. You can't justify. You have to pick a team just to beat this woman. You chose violence. That's one. That's nah, funny. man. I'm sorry, dude. I get like I go on my rants, bro. Like if you guys think one person, if you guys think that four face buttons takes are bad, you you haven't heard mine. Like I'm okay. I'm unapologetic with this stuff, man. Like Marvel three is just. It's for people that don't know what they're doing. Like, it's just, it's, it's built for that. Like, I'm not saying that it's not difficult, because, of course, it is a little bit. I'm not saying that the people who play it and are good are not really good. They are legitimate players. I'm not saying that. But I have gone to tournaments, Marvel 3 tournaments, with Marvello. Marvello has been there. People he has played with. I have played with them in tournament that looked at me and said, this game sucks, bro. Like, <laughs> seriously, dude. Like, I'll tell one another quick story. It's like back oh in the day God. around that time in South Florida, there was a there was a um, Marvella should remember this, too, because he was sponsored by them. Um, there was a guy going around. He made this sponsor called Gamer University. I don't know if you guys remember this a little bit back in that time. I don't. So Gamer University, he was strictly sponsoring a lot of Marvel players at the time. He had Marvello. He had Flocker. He had Tyson. And there was a couple other people he had sponsored, but these are really good Marvel players, like easily best in South Florida. Because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Flocker two years later, after he got sponsored by them, won Evo. Flocker from South Florida. So, oh, damn. Yeah, from Miami. Flocker, great player. And we went to one of the tournaments that he hosted, uh, the guy who ran the, uh, the sponsorship, and went there. I'm already in enemy territory. I'm an MK player in a room full of Marvel players. Uh, so I'm out of place already. Because you know me, I'm in the back talking mad shit. I'm just like, Man, I don't oh know why God. y'all play this game. This game sucks, bro. Like, this shit trash. <laughs> like, I'm seeing people get cheesed out by freaking, uh, by Phoenix and shit. I'm just like, Man, I don't know how y'all deal with this. But then I was like, you know what? I'm here, he's throwing the tournament, let me support the venue. I'm just going to support. So I sit down, even though I know I'm going to get 0-2, I'm playing like Captain America, some shit, whatever, bottom tier. I'm playing one of of the sponsors that Gaming University did, and I'm playing it or whatever. And then at first I was having a little fun. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I got this game all wrong. Maybe I might take this game a little serious. And I talked to him. I was like, yo, man, I might take this game a little serious. This man literally stopped in the middle of the match, looked dead at me, was like, (laughs) (laughs) was like, 
bro, don't do it. This game is trash, dude. This game sucks. <laughs> the only reason we play this is because they pay. That's it. That's the only reason we play this game, dude. It's like that's that's a power move, <laughs> bro. It's like, dude, we had so much beef, dude. It was it was ridiculous, and it still goes to this day, bro. Like, cause there was so much beef with like when Chris G would come over to play Mortal Kombat, when Justin Wong came over to play, they were trying to sit there and say like, see, we got Capcom players coming in your game running shit. Y'all can't do that in our game. Then it looks Sonic Fox winning over in the fucking Marvel Infinite and just straight washed Filipino champ. So it's like we wanted our respect at that time, and we had to fight for that because in that time, Mortal Kombat was not respected as a fighting game. Yeah, it wasn't. That does sound right. And that was just with those, you know, that's 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 the old, that's old. But what NRS communities become now, it's like it's sad because it's like. I was one of the OGs in that scene when it first came up. And it was such a welcoming community at that time. We were all trying to help each other because we knew it was us against the Capcom players at that yep. point. Yep. So it's like we had to stay together because we represent this scene and we, we're already the small one. So yeah. we had to show out. And what I've seen NRS community come like come to now, it just it sickens me, man. It's like it's so toxic, dude. They talk of it. They don't know what they're talking about. Like a lot of people just hate on things they get characters buffed and nerfed that don't need to and all that other stuff and then you got pioneers man that's running that's trying to do things in those scenes that don't get the respect they do because i got to give a shout out to herbs man like i remember when i first met herbs a couple years ago it was at an mk11 tournament at versus when they were still around and i remember he showed up backpack on he had his twitch.tv shirt on and sat down, he's playing a ball with my roommate Grim and stuff, and we met him and all that. And I ended up playing him in tournament. And I'm still learning the game. I'm not that great at it, but you know, I played Cassie Cage, which that was his kryptonite at the time. It was Cassie Cage. And he sits down, real cool dude, and all that stuff, and I beat his cabal, but it was a really good match. And we just started like kind of like just getting like talking to each other because we would see each other there and stuff. And him, my roommate um Grimm. You know, so we all became really close, and he was telling us then that he was forming the island at that time. Like, and but this was like when it was still an idea, and to see what he has done in the last two to three years, the fact that this man went from a Twitch.tv shirt to jerseys and his logo on people's back competing at tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> and while while you know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yo, that's something special, dude. <laughs> He was the one throwing these online tournaments, getting these people better, getting yeah. these people, trying to get these people to come out to Flins to support Flins and all of that. Like, Herbs don't get the respect that he deserves, man. And I'm giving him his, I'm giving him his due right now. Because there's a lot of people in the NRS community that don't get, not like, get noticed for what they did. Because, you know what I'm saying, you got Herbs, you got Saki Sakura, you got Baylina, you got all these people in that community that do so much great stuff but just don't get the respect. Oh, Silverback, you're another one. It's like, you do all of these great things for the scene, which you have done in the last couple years. But look at, look at the room we're sitting in. This wasn't even a thing a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you helped with that. You helped bring these communities together. You helped bring that dream alive where we can have a place to play and bring it here and all that. And I know, like, you've gotten, you've gotten attacked for stupid stuff or whatever, but just know, man, like, me, coming from me realistically, dude, I respect you, man, and I thank you for what you've done for this. I scene, appreciate dude. that. Like, thank you deserve you. all of that, man. Like, seriously. So... The like, only people attack me is just the Smash community. Well, the South Florida Smash community. <laughs> That's true. Not all of them, but you just have certain people that have just been in the scene for a while, and it gets to a point where I'm just like, some of y'all just need to shut up because... <laughs> 
I'm sorry, but you, it's right. Like you, you've had your moment. You had you had your chance. You didn't, you know, take advantage or take the out. You know, take the first step to you know doing something. If anything, a lot of them typically are just um, armchair quarterbacks. And not the fact that I want to, you know, discredit their opinions or their thought process. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't want to turn down, you know, you know, an idea that could be brought to fruition because this was an idea, and I acted on that idea, and I, you know, did my research. I, you know, tried different things. Yes, I'm gonna fail at it, but at least the people who've seen what I have done from the very beginning up until now knew that I'm not afraid to fail. Yeah. I'll try anything just to see where it can go and how far I can be able to scale it. So I'm not, so yeah, Smash players, they're going to, you know, do all of this, fine, whatever. They'll complain about the fact that um, they're tired of fighting the same people that they go to every local and see every week. I'm just like, it's a local for Christ's sake. Like you're going to see people that you'll <laughs> see locally. Like I do not understand the concept of that. And, what amazes me even more is the fact that other players from like other communities, like you have your, we have the grand blue community mm-hmm. and you have the King of fighters community. We also have the strive community. They fight each other all the time, mm-hmm. especially w- whether it's in tournaments or whether it's in sessions. Oh yeah. You never hear them complain, but what I see them do is try to get better. Steel sharpen steel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm just like, if you're fighting the same person each and every week, you should know the matchup by now. You should know how to beat this person by now if you keep fighting them each and every time. Regardless of how I seeded it or whatnot, if you're playing against them, winners round two or down in losers, and you're still losing to them, well, that just tells me that you're not learning. If mm-hmm. What that tells me even furthermore is that you want new people some fresh new blood to come in that probably don't know what the hell that they're doing and get a couple of wins off of them. But you have to also ask yourself as a competitive player, are you learning by beating new people who are just now, you know, getting into the competitive scene? Mm -hmm. Because if you really want to get good, you want to go up against people that are better than you. So that way you can improve on your skills. Yeah. I don't get that with the Smash community. I, I really don't because they complain about the most nonsensical shit. Yeah. And for with that, there's also things that they don't even take in consideration, especially when it comes down to logistics, when it comes down to, um, you know, financing things. And trust me, I know that one. <laughs> and last but not least, before, um, because I don't want to, you know, go too long with this or whatnot, but um, last but not least is the fact that you know, there. You know, you want a major level experience, like a major level experience, but on a local level. And I'm just like, I, I I understand that, but financially, that is not realistic. Because if anything, I would be losing money even more trying to fulfill this demand that y'all that are that um that y'all want. I'm not turning the idea down, but I'm just letting you know that. Financially, this is not possible unless you're okay with me upping the venue price, which I know y'all are not going to come out for. If I decide to be like, all right, you want this major level experience? Are you ready to pay the major level price? Yeah. Do you want to pay the same price at a local v- that you would pray- pay at a major <laughs> tournament like CEO, like Super Smash Con, like Genesis? No, because it's a local. Exactly. 
think smaller. If anything, you should have just the basics. I agree. Like, you know, good monitors that have, you know, you know, that has um good monitors with very low refresh, um, not refresh time, but response rate, which is, you know, one millisecond. Cool. We got that. Um, enough available setups. Understand these things cost. Ex- these things are expensive. And if you really think that, oh, um, this local venue, Flynn's is making a lot of money in their tournaments, I would tell you, you are dead fucking wrong. Yeah. and then, Because yeah. just one setup alone, monitor, console, the DLC, just that alone, you're thinking about possibly close to $700. Easy. Easy. Yeah, yeah easy. So, yeah. and then, of course, $5 goes to the house, you know, the arcade. And now we have to subtract that when y'all want to bring in your own setup. So now the venue is taking even less money, mm-hmm. but you're getting your maximum payout for the tournament for yeah. due to the amount of attendees. I've done the math, and I don't think they've done the math to the point, you know, extensively enough to c- consider upkeep. I'm like, do you? I would ask them, do you know how much the arcade pays for in electricity and utilities? And if you really think the tournaments make enough money for it to cover some of the expense costs, I would tell you you're dead fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah. and then it's it's you know I'm happy that you brought that up because I TO myself in West Palm, and I've been running events for a little while now. And then me and my boy Sleeves, um, Sleeves actually hosts the uh, Sleeves Rolled Up series out there in West Palm at Tribal Kava Bar. And he is literally taking the Smash community in West Palm and put it on his back. He's trying to, there's basically me and him have gotten together and we partnered up where we're basically trying to get all of that local talent up there in West Palm and give them a nice place to, to play so then we can train them up so they can come out here and compete. That's what we're trying to do because we want to make sure we get enough good enough players that can come out here to Flins because you guys have top level players and we yeah. know that. So it's like, we're trying to do that. But I got the same, exactly what you just said. I'm going through the same problem myself. All I'm doing is making sure I'm trying to provide a venue. I'm trying to provide the right type of equipment. I'm trying to provide a place for these people to go because it's important to me because, look, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I didn't have those type of places to go to, you know, have an outlet for gaming to keep me out of trouble or anything like that. And knowing now that I'm in a position where I can actually do that and help people, and because one thing that is never really talked about a lot enough in my opinion is mental health in the FGC. Yeah. A lot of that. a lot of people go through something you can't even imagine, man. And then most of the time they just want someone to be able to hang out with and enjoy themselves and all that. So me and Sleeves, we take pride in when we host our tournaments that like, look, we're not doing this for the money. It's not about that at all. Yeah. We're doing this to get a family started, to get a community started, because we want to make sure that you guys have your outlet, whether it's staying out of trouble or just generally just being around some people to talk to, kick the, you know, just kick it with and stuff. That's why we're, we have a zero tolerance policy at our tournaments for no disrespect, anything like that. If you are disrespectful in any type of way, you're gone because we don't play that because... The issue is, and we have this huge issue in West Palm, man. There's a lot of people that do this. That's all they do. That's all I'm talking. They will sit there and be like, yo, we don't have a place to play. Me and Sleeves, guess what? All right, we got you a place to play. Uh, well, you don't have enough setups. Okay, guys, start bringing your setups. We can actually have more setups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't like the fact that it's at a kava bar. Why? Like, you know what I'm saying? So you mean to tell me that you would rather drive 
an hour out of your way to go into a sweaty apartment with 30 people packed into one area that you're hardly even getting a chance to play, but you mean to tell me you don't like this place because it's a Kava bar. Okay, cool. They was like, well, we don't like Kava and we shouldn't be forced. Okay, no problem. There's a way around that. That's why I implemented a venue fee, because if that's the way, then that means the venue will make money regardless on anyone that comes in, and you're not forced to have to drink Kava or Kratom. But then it's to the point where it's like, oh, we just don't like that it's at a Kava bar and stuff. So it's like one thing that me and Sleeves found out is like, look. You- I want to, I want to, sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off. I want to stop you right there because that's another thing people don't, I don't take in consideration. And I'm not saying this with, you know, people in FGC, but it's just more so with the Smash community. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these venues, they are not cheap. Nope. They are not cheap. And if you think that, um, hey, you know, we could, you know, rent out the space and use it or whatnot, understand that they're a business and they need to make money. Yep. And for those that are watching, for you guys are, um, you know, you know, here or whatnot, you already know I'm I'm in charge of Fighter Fest, doing Fighter Fest five. And we're not doing it here at the arcade because one of the big complaints that we got and, you know, it's not a, you know, annoying complaint but it's a it's a legitimate concern and it's something that i've also saw as well is that fact that it's gonna it gets crowded in here oh yeah it it gets real crowded in here especially for our big tournaments and whatnot so i said all right this year we're gonna find a venue and host the next fighter fest there so that way it can accommodate the amount of people that we are expecting to get and of course if we tend to have a very big turnout at least we have a venue space to accommodate that when it comes to looking for that space, you're talking thousands of dollars that you're going to have to drop. And it's not even for just like a weekend, like maybe three or four days or whatnot. You're talking about like one day. <clears throat> for Fighter Fest 5, when my, I started looking for um, venues for Fighter Fest 5 since last year, August. We finally locked one down in January. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Yeah. Because you want to know why? And this is something that Smash Push, y'all don't understand the logistics that goes behind these venue spaces. Hence why when you look at um, these um, majors, when they have their events, and you see that the venue price is like um, $100 for you know normal registration, the reason why is because it, there's a lot of money that goes into it. It's not cheap. Like the cheapest that we could have found for like to rent out a space is like 15 grand. And that's starting. Holy smokes. Yeah. And that is not without all the hidden fees and all the other um stuff that they're also going to charge you along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's pop. Maybe you'll get 12 hours with that. Wow. And it's even Maybe. worse now because the rates are even going up more because Florida, there's more people coming to Florida. Exactly. So now the prices of real estate now has gone up. <clears throat> yeah. So they have to accompany that in terms of the fees that they pay, on like taxes, property stuff, all that. They they implement that in that, especially with the venue that I had, like that, I, that I'm at right now. It's like I had to make a way for them to stay happy where – because my biggest thing in my tournaments is I don't want no one being messed with at all. Yeah. I don't want any of the employees coming up to any of my players while they're in match or anything like that. We're playing casual. Let's talk about, hey, did you buy something yet? No, I, I can't have that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I implemented the venue fee because that keeps them happy. But I also understand their business. So it's like people don't realize when you're a tournament organizer, there's things that go into it that yeah. people just think that, okay, I just go here and play, but now it's more than that, man. There's yep. negotiations. There's making sure that you have to do things a certain way. You have to make sure that their brand is being represented. There's yeah. a lot of different things that go into it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And also, of course, you can't expect the venue to invest in what you're trying to do yep. for the tournaments or whatnot because yep. that's not a part of their business. It's plan. not. Yeah, they're they're actually helping us out in a way. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we have to we have to realize that because again, equipment is expensive, man. You want to talk about the price for a PS4 Pro right now? Like you would think it would be easy to get one. Nah, it's not. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying because you got to make sure that you have the quality for the players and all that that's why me and Sleeves we've been working so hard on it and all that but it's like a lot of people in West Palm they just do this 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 and this and it's the same thing with Twitter you know what I'm saying that's why like when I'm on Twitter right we all know what be going on Twitter yeah that's why I don't post anything really on Twitter unless like if I'm speaking with somebody to network or communicate but I'm always watching I know exactly what's going on on Twitter even though I don't say anything yeah but I have, because I've gotten to Twitter beef one time, one time in my life, and I was like, nah, it's not going to happen, because a lot of people on Twitter just, we live, the problem is we live in a pro-troll life now, in terms of everything that is stated and everything that is posted has to have something negative behind it. Someone has to attack something. Yeah. Like, nothing could ever just be good, they have to find something wrong with it, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then, if you don't agree with them, they will make you feel bad. So. I've come to a philosophy now on Twitter, and people can agree with me or not. If you come at me on Twitter, and your profile picture is of an anime character, yes. immediately what you say is irrelevant to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Dead like, ass. I can't take you seriously, dude. I can't. Like, because you're going to come at me and talk that type of shit, but you can't even show who you really are? Nah, you're a troll. And I just, I don't like trolls, man. I just don't. But I hear what you're saying, man. And that's, that's the one thing that we're, we're trying to weed out out there because we're really focusing on getting that scene. Mm -hmm. to, you know, we want to start linking those guys up with Flynn's out here. Me and Sleeves, we're going to start coming out here and supporting the events more. This is the only reason we haven't come out there is because busy schedule and, you know, a little bit far. But now we're, me and him have been working on stuff together. So we're going to start showing up to these Strive events. Oh, we're going to start exciting. showing up to the Smash events and stuff. To, you know, because we need to come together. You know, so we really want this scene to work. You gotta come together. You gotta. You can't really be separated on that. But that's all I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm done with that rant. <laughs> ah, looking forward to it. But yeah, I had to yeah. call them out, man, because there's too many just negative people out here doing it. Yeah, to be addressed. there is. And you know, as I said before, you know, a lot of them are you know armchair quarterbacks because they because they think that <clears> this will <throat> work and whatnot, and without even taking consideration the cost of it actually working. Like, in order for, like, you look at some of the past previous um, events, especially, like, Fighter Fest, that costed money to make sure it was successful. Like, you look at Fighter Fest Season 4, which was back in July. If you were to ask me how much money I spent, I will tell you, right now on this podcast, it cost me 1500 for Fighter Fest Season 4 to be successful. Jeez. Goddamn. 1500 And the one before that cost me a grand. The one before that cost me about 700 and the first one costed me about 500 So you want these, you know, great events to happen, but understand there's going to be a cost behind it. And then, of course, since it was here at the arcade, we just, you know, charge 15 instead of, um, you know, like 20 or 30 or whatnot, because yeah. one, we want to make it affordable. Yeah, of course. So that way, you know, more people are able to come out and attend and... You know, it's a great thing, but people just don't understand the cost of the cost of business that goes behind it. Because, yeah, yeah, I am a T.O., but I have to also have that business mind um, sense of, you know, how much am I going to invest in this to make sure that it is a success? Yeah, because this shit is not cheap. It is not cheap. And, and 
but last but not least, the thing that Smash players do not understand is the fact that other some of the other Smash TOs, all they TO is just Smash. I'm different from all of them because I run Strive. I run um, Grand Blue, King of Fighters, all these other anime fighters. I'm in literally in charge of all fighting game I'll tournaments in fl at Flynn's. So currently, I'd say at least over 10 games. Yeah, I'm in charge Easy. of all of that. Easy, yeah. And I'm trying to build communities and <clears throat> trying to do different things in all in, with all these games so that way, one, I can increase more people to come out, which is why look at you look at um, Otaku Fest that happened um, earlier this oh my year. Gosh. That that was that was an that whole thing was like my operation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, being a part of it was fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, and it was a successful event on top of that too because I have I have the team mm -hmm. to you know help me run everything, um, coordinating with um, the organizer of Otaku Fest, making sure that we have all the equipment. I literally took everything out of Flint and just just took it over there. Took it over there yeah. and whatnot. We were over prepared for Otaku. We Fest. really were, bro. We were a hundred percent over prepared, but we had a successful event. And granted, some games did not get um, a bigger return, like King of Fighters. Yeah. I use these conventions as a way to get more people who play these games casually or if they're interested in playing these games, come out to your local events, come out to these local tournaments if you want more. Because another complaint is the fact that, oh, how come I didn't do it double elimination? Because mm -hmm. people at conventions, they don't understand the don't. FGC. Um, you get a lot of casuals. At they don't understand the myths, the, like, yeah. the rules, the, yeah. common, the common grounds. Yeah, you yeah. get a so, lot of casuals. So that's why I said I'm just going to make it single elimination. Mm -hmm. I'll do best of five to make it a lot more interesting so that way people can get more, more out of it. But keep it single elimination so that way if they lose, all right, cool. See you next year. Um, go enjoy the rest of your con because I'm not going to go through the headache of trying to look for people and DQ, yeah. DQ, DQ, DQ because they don't want to stay in last and wait till you know losers. Hey, they lost. Hey, enjoy your con. I'll see you next time. And some of them will message me, message me privately on Instagram and be like, yo, I had a great time. Thank you for running the tournaments. Because one of the um, big complaints in, for convention tournaments is that a lot of them are hit or miss. And a lot of them <coughs> tend to be, you know, very bad or poorly ran. Yeah. So me coming into the, you know, into the um, convention scene and running tournaments for them so that way they can get a great experience will eventually get more people to come out. Oh, yeah. To their adventure. So that way now the convention is even getting more people to come out and more people who are entering these tournaments. If they enjoy the experience, they're going to come out to Flint. They're going to want to go out and, you know, check out these locals. I've seen it here with some of the Stride tournaments where I'm seeing familiar faces from Otaku Fest and they come to Flint. Oh, yeah. I so people in. the formula works. It definitely does. Yeah. And again, support your locals. That's the biggest thing. Like a lot of people sleep on that. And. I'm gonna be real, a lot of people that probably were complaining about it not being double elimination was probably because they're just not confident in their ability to be able to win a single elimination tournament. Yeah. Let's be real, a lot of people talk a good game, but they're not good. You know what I'm saying? So if they're not good, it's never on them. It has to be, well, the tournament organizer didn't seed us right, or the, the 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 bracket wasn't set up right, or the console lagged on me, or oh my uh the the the, the sky was green today, or it's just something it's always excuses. Yeah. And it's like they don't understand that look, this, this is, is how it is, this, this is, is how it's set up, 
and and it's and it's and it's for the casuals. It's I'm for ca- the casuals. I'm yeah. catering to the casuals so that way they enjoy the experience so much that they come out to the locals and want to compete competitively. You yeah. need to create a pipeline from casual to competitive, and I don't think people see that because uh-huh. they're thinking a bit. They're because they think that if we can give them the competitive experience at a casual event. You know, that'll attract more people to come. No, you're going to deter a lot of them away because it's like you guys are just there to farm the event. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. And it's just but that that's just that, you know, we get into the tangent. Let's go into something a little bit more positive. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Because that'll that'll give a headache because I almost said a very con. You know what? I'll say it. Go for it. Go I'll say it. I want to hear this. So me and Sleeves, we get like, you know how he runs the he runs the smash events in West Palm. Yeah. I showed up to his a couple of his events, and I've had a. I, sometimes I'll join his uh, his tournament just to support. And I've had a lot of people ask me that play Smash. It was like, hey, you play Smash? I'm like, nah. Why do you not play Smash? You don't want to know the reason I don't play Smash. No, we really want to know. Okay, so I'll tell everybody the reason I don't play Smash. This is no disrespect to the community because I know that's the first thing people are going to say. This is no disrespect to anybody that plays it. I'm not saying that you're not good. I'm not saying that your game is not legit or anything like that. Smash is not a real fighting game. Okay, that's why I do not play Smash. I've been saying this for two years. That's why I don't play that game. It's not – it's just I don't – I don't consider it – like I don't consider it a, a real fighting game. I don't. I consider it a party game. It's that's what it's labeled like, as. That's that's what it is, man. And like, yeah, if you look at it on, like on the surface as a fighting game, technically, yes, you are fighting somebody. But in terms of a traditional fighting game, it's not that, man. And there's been plenty of times, dude, that I've gone to Sleep's tournament and I beat people that play this game way more than I do. <laughs> I hardly play this game, and all I did was just play footsies. That's bad. <laughs> that's, that's really that's bad. Terrible. I'm sorry, so but that's terrible. It's like, like I don't know, man. It's just like the way that it's just. But I agree. It's just sometimes, like with members of the Smash community, it's like they're so close-minded to things. Oh yeah. And it's just that. That's the one thing. Because I have nothing but respect for the Smash community in terms of what they built. That is one of the most loyal fan bases I've ever seen in one oh, of the yeah. loyal communities. They have, I found out just recently a couple weeks ago, they have a hierarchy of Smash. Yeah. Like, they have yep. different what? levels of tournament organizers that have, like, this whole Illuminati-type system. Oh, yeah. It's vendors, crazy, dude. Oh, vendors also power ranking systems. Yes, power ranking systems. I didn't know what that was until two weeks ago. So that's why I'm like, no. And that's no disrespect to the Smash community. I oh, respect Smash everything they fun do. Subject. Because they make sure they keep that game alive because Nintendo has abandoned y'all. I don't care what anyone says. Matter of fact, let, let's talk about Nintendo. I wanted to talk about them a little bit. So, remember how I was talking about um, F-Zero back then a little bit? Yes. So, where's my F-Zero at? Why has F-Zero not been re-released? Where is um, where's my new Earthbound or new Mother game? Where is that at? You know what I'm saying? Where Metroid at? Where are all these other games at? Oh, they've been ducking so many good titles just so you can keep their same franchises alive. I, I don't get it. Why? Like, we understand. Mario is your moneymaker. Zelda is your moneymaker. Donkey Kong is your moneymaker. Like, they finally added an expansion pack to Mario Kart when it's been out for, like, how long now? Three years? Four years? Since the Switch has been out, Mario Kart 8, they've always added an extra DLC. Like, they haven't added one since, like, maybe last month, but it's been, like, the past couple years. They didn't even add new characters. I think they're adding new characters in, like, four different, four or eight different maps. 
But that doesn't mean shit if it's going to be like $25. I agree. And it's like... it's a, That's like a bullshit season pass. Then I still, to this day, don't understand why this still works. How is there games on the Nintendo Switch online store that's been out for four to five years and are still full price? How is that possible? Like, Mario Odyssey is still 60 bucks. What? Like, I know it's a great game and it, all, but it, I'm it like, 60? It is a great game. 60? <clears throat> No sales, no thirty, like no thirty percent off, no twenty five percent, no Black Friday sale, no nothing. Nintendo just want to finesse people. That's what it is, dude. It's it's ridiculous, and I'm gonna tell you who else does it. But they're getting better. Capcom, yeah. Capcom for a while, they bro, they were going down a very dark road, dude, for a while. But they they're starting to get back into it because Devil May Cry worked out very very well. I think Devil May Cry was very successful. Oh yeah. Um, what they've been doing with the Resident Evil series has been very very well. Yeah. Um, Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Oof. Monster Hunter World. Yes. Classic. OG classic. But, like, especially going back to the Resident Evil series, like, I still say that in terms of the last two years, the best game I will sit there and say I have played has been Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village is such a good game. I, the, need, I need to get into it. I've the biggest talking. critique I have with it was just too short. That was my biggest problem. Really? It was just too short of a game. Like, I felt like there was so much more that could have been explored in that game. But it just, I, I felt basically just disappointed that I couldn't see more of what happened in that place. And not giving away spoilers, but like that game that year was game of the year. And I think it got beat out by, what was it, Take Two or It Takes Two or something like that. That's what oh, we game takes of the year. Two. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, man. Nah, bro. <laughs> like, no. Wait, It Takes Two went up against that? Yeah, and it won. And I'm like, and everybody's like, oh, it's a great indie game. I, I played It Takes Two and I fucking loved it's it. It's a great game. I've no disrespect. Great, nothing but great things. But, but I'm surprised it won over Resident Village. I'm yeah. like, dude, Village is way better. I'm sorry. It's just a bet. Like, I, I don't like to say that because I always like to see the indie game win. I always love to see that. Yeah. In develop, the, in, the indie developers deserve so much credit for what they do with so little. You know what I mean? But that right there, that's why I haven't really been rocking with the VGAs, man, for a few years, dude. Like, this was the, the last one. Because Elder Ring game last... of the year? Nah, bro. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm not. Nope. <laughs> let me nah. not, bro. Let me not, because I'm, nah. I'm, I'm about to lose my nah, fucking bro. mind right nah, now. I told you, if you thought four face buttons was bad, you haven't met me. I agree with them. Elden Ring is over is overrated. I'm sorry. It is. It overrated. is. Overrated. I hate y'all. It won. That's uh, a sad thing. Like I said, it is, man. It is a it's, sad thing. From soft, look, from soft games. Not saying it's a bad game. It's just the same. Recipe when you say something's overrated now, people think you're saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. No, it's not. But. The praise that it gets of saying that it is one of the greatest games made ever, no. Because let's be real, it's a FromSoft game. Most FromSoft games play exactly the same way. It still goes on the Soul system. It's just like Dark Souls, except it just has a new, fresh coat of paint. That's my opinion. I just feel like it's overrated. It's not bad. It's just overrated. Don't say that that is the greatest game of all time. Listen, or of the we, year. Listen, we've we've been waiting <laughs> for this L for years, okay? I can't. Defend, I can't. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for this W for years, all right? So you let let us. Promise. I'm gonna let you guys have it. If though. the other ones were so good, it. then I I, I just I, I don't get it. If, the, if 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 you guys were waiting this long, it it it's. I would say it the, just, only two, the only two the only two from the only two from software games that I will say that it is that is better than Elden Ring is Sekiro and Bloodborne. Sekiro is so good. It's so Sekiro underrated, was good. too. Yes, dude. it was. 
It's so underrated out of all the of animation that it came with. All but the now, movement. Hold up, but AJ, I got a question for you. Go we were on. just talking about this. So do you think Elder Ring is better than Cyberpunk? Fuck no. You don't think so. But I've heard Fuck you on no. this podcast say plenty of times of like, oh, that has to be probably one of the greatest games made. What? Uh, Cyberpunk. Cyber? Oh, no. Do I? Wait, hold up. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. no. Do I think Cyberpunk is better than Elder Ring? Yes, I do. Okay. Absolutely great game. Oh, my God. Um, Story-wise, at least. Okay, because I'm, I'm a big, I'm no, I'm, I'm big on story. We're not gonna talk about the bugs. We're not gonna talk. About no, 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 no. We're talking about just Man. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about how the game is right now. Yeah. I played through it, beat it twice. Cause the, 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 there's, there's multiple different. Like yeah. I, I need to get the other street ones. kid, corpo, all that stuff. But I will say this. They, they really knocked it out of the park. Like so good. The, the. The launch sucked, and, and it, it was unfortunate because I really, really wanted to get it, like, launch day. I still have my chain that but, I pre-ordered. I bought the game launch day, too, but on both platforms. After that, got the console. <laughs> after, after that, after it got patched, honestly, I think and playing play through it, wow. Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. It's just like, look, we have gotten to a point in gaming where it's become only about quantity instead of quality. Yep. It's about how much money can these publishers make. Yeah. And then what sucks about it is the, the developer is the one that always gets screwed every single time. Let's look at DICE. I am a huge Battlefield fan. Same. I am a diehard Battlefield fan. Same. I have been playing since the OG 1942. Oh, no, I know where this is going. Again. What the living fuck was Battlefield 5, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Battlefield Hold on, hold on. We getting there. We're about to get to okay, that one. I have to make sure. But I'm going to start at 5. We're yeah. going to start at 5. Yeah. Because what I was promised, I was promised, like, yo, we're going to have, like, this whole timeline. And we're going to go through the events of World War II. This is how our DLCs are going to go. So we're going to start with stuff you don't really know about the war. Okay, cool. The Norwegian... Invasion, this is pretty cool and all that other stuff. This is awesome. Then we're like, where the Pacific at? And then a year later, oh, hey, guys, here goes the Pacific. Cool. Three maps. Okay. So I love how you guys just skipped like four years almost of the whole entire war and you went to this. And then now you're talking about, hey, guys, we're not supporting this game anymore. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. You just told me that you were going to have all of these oh, plans man, for this. This is why we supported that game for so long because we were waiting for those DLCs. That was what we were waiting on. And then this is what you give us? Not to mention, I think that whole new system they've added in Battlefield is so dumb. I don't like that whole everyone can be a medic thing. I hate that. Yeah. Like, I can't stand that, dude. Because yeah. me, I played medic class. That's all I ever played because I always play that class where I help my team out. And being yeah. a medic is very important. And yeah. you're helping out everybody else. Exactly. Yourself. But that whole thing of like you get shot now you're stuck in this animation like you know what i'm saying you're stuck in that whole stupid animation to having to someone come over and then you bleed out i think that takes away from the from the realism of the game you know what i'm saying i think it takes you out of the experience at that point and then i was like all right battlefield 5 was a fail i understand dude who did it said something really stupid whatever yada 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 it happened to him all right next game i'm already sure they'll get it right Ooh, tarkov 2142 they released the trailer. We all look at it. It's we, pretty. We're we like, high. yo, this is it. They went back to Battlefield four days. We're like, this is the game. We are, we're back, baby. That's yes. it. We're back, baby. Day one. Look, actually, beta. Beta comes out. We're like, okay, this is the beta. We're playing. And then we're like, 
all right, these maps are kind of fucking big, but okay. There's a lot of, there's a shit ton of vehicles on this, but okay. All right, there's no infantry yet, but wait, hold, hold on. What are these specialty classes? Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, wait, they had no infantry? No. Uh, I think they just added that recently. Oh. Like, now it's just infantry only maps. Yeah. yeah. They had, like, no infantry only maps. Bro. And then I'm like, okay, what is the specialty class? Which I'm so sick of every shooting game doing that shit now. <laughs> and it's like, bro, like, I'm like, okay. We in there, you know what I'm saying? Okay, it's a beta, it's buggy, it's fine, whatever, I'll wait till release. Couple couple weeks later, game comes out, I play it, it's playing just like the fucking beta. I'm like, what is this fucking game? Yeah. It's terrible, dude. The maps sucked, the fucking oh vehicles were terrible. I saw. Bro, All that the, game was, the that game's ass, dude. Like, I just... I can't forget that I, rocket ship. Mm, dude, I and then it's I felt so disappointed with 2042, and I'm just like, bro, what? <laughs> shit gives me a headache. Oh my god, your reaction I is just, the most genuine. <laughs> I just find it so funny. Like you, you were so fucking hyped. Like and, you, like every single. All story. of us were. I watched I all your stories, <laughs> especially like your reaction to the trailer, because I saw the trailer. I right. thought this is the cheesiest fucking shit ever, but. I'm like I'm glad that they're coming out with a new one. They brought back the trick shot that was animated. They put the fucking trick shot in the goddamn trailer. I'm like, bro, these people EA. are reaching hard. EA needs to be arrested for false advertising. Bro, for real. And they then do. they and then they Seriously. shaft you guys with the shaft it. That's an understatement, dude. <laughs> for real. How it the fuck like do you release a game for sixty dollars and then fucking three weeks 70. later that shit seventy? I'm sorry, seventy dollars and then a matter of not even a month later that shit fifty percent off. <laughs> Uh, really? And then now you guys are already God. talking about the next Battlefield game? Nah, bro. Like, I'm sick of y'all screwing dice over, man. Because you did them dirty with freaking Star Wars Battlefront, and you did them bad with freaking Battlefield. That, that's that's Battle where, that's where, I, com scam. That's where I completely Dude. lost all... Bro. I, I wasn't even, like, a huge EA fan before that, but I did play Battlefront, and, and I, not I noticed... You remember all, all the bullshit that was going on at the time. I was like, yeah, nah, I... I can't. Everyone was asking, "Oh, let's let's play Battlefront." I'm like, I can't fucking play dude, this Battlefront game. Battlefront One was so bare bones, dude. I was so hyped for that game because I played the OG Battlefront and I love that game. Yeah, Same. and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And then I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. This is the first time doing it. Whatever. It's EA. I expect them to fuck up. Okay, whatever. Then number two comes out, and I'm like, okay, perfect. That's all you need to do is like, you know where you fucked up on the first one. You put all the stuff in the second one. I'm expecting. Space battles, intergalactic conquest, like in the we're talking about the original game that was on the original Xbox and PlayStation, right? Had Dude. more content than a fucking game made in what when did it come out? Like 20, 2018, something like that? 2019? Yeah. How does an old game like that have more content than you? That doesn't make any sense no, at that's, all. That's how games are nowadays. Bro, and it's just like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I, yeah. 2017. Yeah. And then yeah. also like, because I remember that people would talk so much shit about Battlefield 1. And I'm going to say. A lot of people went back to Battlefield 1. I'm, they did. Bro, they dude, did. <laughs> I can't believe that people who talk shit about Battlefield 1 actually did. Because that game is so underrated. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. The fact that they not only were. Dice, the only one of all of those shooting like franchises to make it World War One. You're already taking a risk there, yeah. Because yeah. you know people are gonna already complain talking about, oh, we don't like these old weapons or whatever. And you're talking about World War One. Most of the weapons were bolt action, so it's like, yeah, just historically speaking. And the fact that they took that gritty realism and literally made you feel like you were in a World War One battle, no game has done that since yeah. then. 
And was there trench warfare and all that? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't know. And it was chaotic. I've never really yes. played Battlefield. It was amazing how they did it. Like even when you there's there's a part there's actually a level um, where if everyone it's kind of like a hidden thing but like if your whole entire team gets out of the trenches and starts rushing the other team you hear a random whistle of like how they used to do it in world war one where they would whistle for you to attack in no man's land and then that do it it's insane bro like that game is really good and then another thing like that another reason i was hyped for 2142 was because uh, silverback i don't know if you remember on pc back in the day they had 20 what was it 2141 when they first went futuristic, yeah, dude, that was one of the greatest games ever made, and people have not played it because it was on PC. But yeah, yeah, that, uh, I digress from that. Sorry, yeah. that's another rant. <laughs> yeah, and granted, twenty four. I recent, I, I would say like a couple of months ago, I did play on um, Battlefield twenty forty two, and I do see the changes. And of course, there all there is an update to where now everything is class based, and I'm like. Finally, you should have you <laughs> oh, done this at, since day one because you were trying to go off with this specialist shit that nobody didn't <laughs> ask for because you're literally taking away the original formula that made Battlefield Battlefield mm-hmm. because it's all it's supposed to be a team based shooter, but not everyone is like you know trying to be like a solo Rambo soldier like everyone has their part yeah you have your medics doing their part you have your support doing your part you have your engineers doing your part and you have your um recon doing their part and they all had different gadgets and attachments and weapon specifics for each of the classes which made them feel unique so that way if i'm in a squad all right i got a medic i have an engineer i have a recon guy and i'm being and i'm support or you know, you just mix it up. So that way, you know, you you know, your entire team knows their role and we know what we need to do yep. to win. 2042, they kind of fucked that one up at the very beginning. Yep. I wouldn't say they kind of fucked that up. No, they royally... They did fuck that up. They yeah. royally fucked it up. They oh, decided to change it because it was like, okay, you know what? We're losing a lot of people, so let's go ahead and give them what they want. Let's give them the infantry um, only maps or whatnot, which they should have done. Let's give them the weapons from Battlefield Portal. Mm where you can play some of the old classic games at, which Portal is a good thing, but the one thing that made me stop playing Portal was the fact that the Battlefield Bad Company 2 maps where the buildings were destructible, once I shot a rocket to it and after I didn't see, like, the hole or whatnot, I was just like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's like, it's not as real as you it's want goofy, to be. dude. No, it, or it's, it's supposed to I'm be. just like, why is it that every Battlefield game, they tone down the destructive capabilities? Because if you played Battlefield Bad Company 2, Oh my Everything best is one. being leveled. Best yeah. one. Yeah. Every there's Everything no place that's safe in Bad Company too. No, like you can't go nowhere and no. be safer. In, yeah, I remember that. And again, you look at the hardware that was on. Those are you talk about 360 days. That's limited hardware. Yeah, yeah. and it still it was able to is. handle that. Yeah. But then, so what's the excuse now? Exactly. It's like you know, like, and that's just we. It's it's wild, man. But and then with the vehicles where you can just summon a vehicle from the air. I'm just like, I'd rather just the vehicle just be right there. People run to it, get in, go. Yep. I agree. I agree with that. But that's a, that's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, Waluigi, what's our um, next topics? So, I feel like we went through the current thoughts on the state of gaming. Y- yeah. Mostly for shooters. So you had to be there moments. Yeah. What are you or you had to be there moments? <laughs> something that's impacted you. It could be gaming. It could be. You had to be there. I have something. a few you had to be there moments. Cause I've oh, go for it. I've lived a very long life. So <laughs> 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 dramatic. Yeah, man. Um, the one thing that you had to just be there 
is where there was no online. That's the first thing. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. literally the only way you could play any multiplayer was people had to come to your house. I remember, Split screen. dude, I remember the days where you had to bring multiple fat bat TVs to one CRTs. house. CRTs. Oh, and we yeah. talk about big boys. Where, big old analog plug-in. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? With the, with the jacks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? With the different colored jacks and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Like, I remember those days or whatever. It's like, and then also I remember a time where there was no YouTube. So like if you were stuck on a level, you were just stuck on a level. Yeah. You just had to you had to figure that out, dude. Like I'll never forget one one example, Pokemon Gold version. I'll never forget. This is one of my favorite Pokemon games of all time. Oh good. The Ice Caves. Oh, when yeah, you go in, go yep, it's a puzzle. So when you go into the ice caves, there's basically a part where you drop down. There's these numerous holes that you have to drop into. And the big thing is you have to drop in, you have to drop these boulders down, and basically you have to slide across this big ice like thing or whatever to get to the to get out of the ice caves. Yeah. That literally took me, I would say, a whole entire seven months to get past. I could not figure that fucking puzzle out. Jesus. And I was like, dude, because again, no YouTube. Nothing. Nope. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing there. The only thing we had was, and four face buttons spoke on it, we had gaming magazines back in the day. Oh, yeah. Electronic Gamer Magazine. Shout out to the OGs. You know what I'm saying? We had those. You know what I mean? But, like, they only helped but so much and all of that. Um... That's just that's that's something that we take like you know for granted now. It's just like the fact yeah. is like you know in order to figure things out, you had to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, them Pokemon puzzles were bro, they were on back back level, in the day dude. without no internet, bro. You had to figure that shit out. They were on another level. Um, another thing you had to be at. I'm gonna say this for everybody, dude. You gotta experience a major or any type of like thing. Mine was Evo. I went to Evo in 2012. Oh snap. One of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, man. Like, I went there to be around so many good players. And then this is, again, the 09 era. So, like, at that Evo, there was only one main screen. There wasn't, like, five different main screens where you can watch different tournaments. They only played Marvel on the main screen. And then the rest of the ballroom was just other games going on. That's how it was at that time. That's dope. And that experience, when I met Tom Brady... Not the real Tom Brady, the the MK player Tom Brady. That's that's me off for a sec. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not that Tom Brady. But, like, yeah, I met him, and then he helped me get over one of my biggest, like, problems in MK. I used to struggle with Molina matchup bad, and he taught me how to, like, how to beat it. But, like, there was a moment – this is more of a story. So I wanted to play, but I couldn't play because – that year they implemented like a you had to pre-register your thing or whatever, and they had a spectator pass. So – in order on Grand Final Sunday to get into where the whole live thing was, where they were showing Grand Final Sunday, you had to have a spectator pass. We didn't have that. We was broke. So we was, we're in Vegas, right? And we're like, yo, we watching Grand Final Sunday, but you know what I'm saying? They're saying we can't go into the main room. What are we going to do? Luckily, there was a bunch of people that was like, all right, here, guys, for the people who don't have a spectator pass, we have a room that's right next door to the, um, to the ballroom, and we're just going to put chairs in there and put up a projector, and we're going to watch it. So we were in there. First thing in the morning, I think it started around like 10.30, and we watched every single game in that one room oh, snap. until Street Fighter that night. When I tell you that to this day was the livest room I have ever been in in my entire life. Because <laughs> you're in a room full of... Smash wasn't that evil at that time. Sorry, Smash, please. Um, <laughs> you were in there with Guilty Gear players. You're in there with King of Fighters players. You're in there with Mortal Kombat players. Marvel 3 players, so you know we got beef in there at that time. So, dude, there was 
gambling going on. There was How a lot of dude, was shit. That room is dude, it was that I'm room telling must you, have bro. Hot. That room was no bigger. <laughs> I swear to you, dude. It was smaller than this room. Oh. And it was a crap ton of chairs, dude. There was money being gambled. It was the dude, we were all getting hyped for all the, the grand finals. It was the it was the most hype. That is something you gotta experience if you're in front of if you are in the FGC, to be in a room that hype where the most minuscule thing happening on screen is like, oh like it's just yeah, I can't describe it. You had to be there. It's like it was it was insane, dude. Like we that was the one time I would sit there and say the communities all came together. Yeah. yeah. And we all had a great time and all of that. And then just um yeah, again, Xbox live chats, man. You had to be there. Like cuz that's something we're never getting back ever. Unfortunately. Like I know Modern Warfare 2 is trying their hardest to bring it back, but it's not happening. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so and um you're you're lucky to even get it. Yeah, you can't. Not in today, man. People too sensitive. Oh, man, I got a side question. You ever played a game so good that you got invited from the other team so they could just cuss you out? That, that was yes. Me. That's been a me. Yes. yes. Okay, I'm glad yep. it's not me. I've gotten challenged in 1v1s just to cuss me out. I've had that happen. Oh, no, so. I had a whole team roast me with slight races and everything else and yeah. then kick me home. They thought I was a hacker because I used to shoot my Desert Eagle fast because I used to just be rapid fire on my Desert Eagle. So da -da 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 -da. people used to think I modded all the time. And... um yeah. Then one, the last thing I would sit there and say, this is more of just a funny story. So I was at a local tournament in 2012, right? I was at a Mortal Kombat tournament somewhere in like Fort Lauderdale that we were playing. And good tournament, good players and all that we were playing. And um, I was, I always get nervous in tournament all the time. So like I get like jitters and my stomach. That's why I went to TON. I can't do it competing anymore. So I'm sitting there whatever. They call me up from a match. I'm like, okay, cool. Bet. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting down, feeling good. I'm feeling confident. We're doing our button checks and all that stuff. And you know, if you play in NRS community, when the, the button checks is a real thing, you got to do button checks. Always. So we get there and we get to character select, right? Out of nowhere, my stomach starts hurting like that. It felt like, bro, I got hit with a Dragon Ball Z punch in my gut. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, Dude, my stomach was killing me, dude. And I'm literally at character select in the match. So at this point, I can't get up and go to the bathroom. I can't be like, hey, T.O., I got to go take your <laughs> shit. Can you hold this match real quick? Like, I shit got real. <laughs> literally, <laughs> shit got real at this point. So I'm like, dude, and you know what happens when your stomach start hurting? You start sweating and shit. It's like you start hallucinating. Yeah, it's like you start, you start like, <laughs> you start trying to psych yourself out yeah, over the pain just so you don't think about and it. all that. So I'm like, bro, <laughs> and I got to go through two matches, dude. Like, come on. So dude picks, like, dude picks Cabal. And I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. That means I got to take my time with this match. But fuck, bro, I can't. I can't do it, dude. I can't take my time. So you know what I do? I'm like, fuck it. I don't ever do this in tournament. I pick Johnny Cage. I was like, all right, dude, I got to kill this dude quick. Like, uh-uh, we, we going to figure this out because I got business I got to handle. So I get into the game, and we start, and immediately, because you know what Cabals will do, they back up and start machine gun blasting. They're just like, Phew. Oh, yeah. no. Nah, what I did is F all that red kick immediately in the corner for two. That's all I kept doing. I just cheesed him with four two the entire time he couldn't do it. I... That was the quickest 2-0 I've ever done in my entire life in tournament history. <laughs> I probably ended that whole entire set probably within five minutes. Like, it was that quick. Nice. Bro, when I sat there and say I didn't even look at him or whatever, I was like, yo, good game. I'm out, bro. I headed out, and what made it worse, we were in a ballroom. So I had to go Jesus out Christ. and find the bathroom. Oh, no. no. 
I still get roasted to this day about that. <laughs> you literally fought for your life, and that is some scary shit. Dude, literally. it's tournament. <laughs> like, it's just... Like, the good thing is I won, but, like, dude, like... Like, <laughs> mine, I, I would be in the same position. I'd be freaking out. It's, dude, I have so many stories, but, like, that, that'll take With Smash Players now, there's no bathroom anymore. Well, they don't <laughs> believe in... Oh, let me stop. Almost said something. <laughs> we already know. We already know that up. all too well. Let me shut up. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to get into it, man. I don't want to get into it. All right, so real quick before we wrap up, um, two things. Um, Your pet peeves, and then shortly after that, your closing remarks. Okay, pet peeves in gaming. Okay. It could be anything. I am so sick I know what of YouTube say. ruining fucking games before they release. Oh. I hate that. You know what? Yeah. I hate that. I, yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. That's I a- hate leaks. I hate knowing about things before the game comes out. Yeah. So many people on Hogwarts Legacy before the game came out. Dude, I hate it. Dude. I don't even, like, I don't fuck with Harry Potter, but just, like, at least save it for the day the game comes out or a couple days. Yeah. I was tempted to just get the game just just to piss people off more. People just farm for views. I hate it, dude. I hate leakers, bro, especially fighting games when you're waiting on characters to be released. I hate that, dude. That takes all the hype out of it. Because I remember one hype thing about MKX. We were waiting for all those characters to get released and all that stuff. You had to wait for the stream and all that. That's hype. You know what I'm saying? I'm from a time where Game Informer was the only little information you got on a game coming up. So... Like, I remember Grand Theft Auto San Andreas when that was released. The only reason I knew about that was because I didn't even know that was being made. I just got Game Informer and was like, new Grand Theft Auto. I'm fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and I right. turned to that page. I'm like, yo. And it was only two pages. And I was yep. like, yo, a new one's coming out. But yeah, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Leakers, YouTube. Um, another big pet peeve of mine is reboots. Why is there so many fucking reboots happening now? I know. Like, How do you feel about the, the uh, Resident Evil 4 that's upcoming? It's, it's been beaten. Not needed. I know. I, bro, they why? It's a remake for some reason. Dude, I don't you didn't it. need to remake that game, dude. Like, you did. Like. They're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be some new characters in Capcom, there. Like, the, dude. The Capcom is just like. Milking it. They're milking it. And then another pet peeve I have when you go to tournaments and hell, even conventions. This could be an anime convention. Why do people not believe in deodorant? You're fucking right. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I'm asking you. that question. Matter of fact, I'm going to look at the camera. Why do y'all not believe. Oh, why do y'all not believe in deodorant? It's something simple. It's compact. It fits in your bag, dude. Oh, my God. Bro, that's all you need. Look, they even got spray if you don't want the, the white stuff getting on your shirt, dude. Come on. Like, I, I, I always bring deodorant with me. Just You got to, dude. Like These places be getting hot, dude. Like yeah. Easily. You sweat that crap out immediately, man. I, I walked into, it was a Otaku Fest. I walked into this hentai panel, and my friend's glasses immediately just fogged fogged yeah. i'm like that, i'm getting the fuck out of here not, and i was wearing like, a leather jacket right it was cold that weekend yeah and in in the halls it was it was pretty chilly i walk in there leather jacket mm-hmm. instantly hot i'm like i'm going back outside this is fucking ridiculous I, I and it smelled churches. so bad it's like why like dude it's so bad dude like especially like just conventions just in general dude it's like why but i'll go to my last pet peeve that i really really have and you guys talk on this like every single week stop releasing games 30 percent created bro stop it and charging us full price for it bro i'm sick of that dude (laughs) my god i'm sick of that like that that that's some bullshit right there, dude. Like, I'm being hustled. Like, you're literally giving me... You're get, it's like a sandwich, bro. It's like you go order a sandwich. They're like, okay, 
you want a sandwich? What do you want on your sandwich? I was like, I want my condiments. You know what I'm saying? I want my lettuce, tomato. I want a nice sized sandwich for this price, right? Okay, $10. You paid a man $10. This man gives you bread and some lettuce. Fuck is my sandwich? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, don't worry. It, we'll give the rest. Of, we'll give the rest to you like in about an hour. Yeah. But I already done yeah. paid for like a full sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. yeah, they, they got to stop with that, dude. Like, that's that's becoming ridiculous, dude. Like, it's insane. But yeah, I, I would say those are like my biggest like gaming pet. Understandable. Those yeah. are good. Those are actually good. The and trolls. Ones. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand them. Well, Red. Thank you so much for being our guest for this episode. This this has been a fun episode. Yes. There's a lot that we could, of course, go on, but, um, you know, our time's going to be cut short, unfortunately. I'm Which happy you guys had me, man. Like, and I'm actually happy we finally got the chance to meet. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, me and him have only spoken, like, on Twitter. That's it. Like, and then now I actually come and talk to you and stuff. And then, yeah, me and Sleaze, we're going to definitely be up a lot more to see you guys up here, man. Definitely. Oh, nice. So thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Hopefully, in future episodes, especially group episodes, we can have you with you know, other people and we can just talk. Just let me know. I would love to be on an episode of Four Face Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I want to so bad because me and him, oh boy, we going to debate. <laughs> like, this is going to be This great. is going to be a tear jerk. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> AJ, any closing remarks? Well, all I can think about right now is how hype I am for Lightfall. So. Hopefully we can have an episode on that because I, I definitely got to talk about that. Uh, not right away when it comes out, though, but you got to give me some time because <laughs> oh, yeah, there's definitely. there's a lot of shit that I'm going to need to dissect. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I guess that's all. That's my closing remark. Waluigi. Uh, just generically support your locals. T.O.s. Thank you, uh, Red Spectre, for being here. Glad I can pick you up and come all the way down. Yeah, man. Definitely glad you're bringing the scene back in West Palm and along with other people. Come out there too, man. Like I said, we're oh, at yeah. Tribal Kava Bar up in West Palm, man. Me and Sleeves, we're just we're we're doing it, man. He he handles Smash. I handle all the other games. Yeah, he so just joined the us, chat. Thank you. Yeah, just hit <laughs> us up on Twitter, man. That's it. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. All right, guys. All right. Well, y'all, this has been episode 72 of the South Florida Gamers Podcast. Thank y'all so much for watching and tuning in. Uh, you'll catch the full episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all other audio hosting platforms if you want to listen to the podcast. And, of course, a video playback will be available on Facebook and YouTube later this week. So we are signing out. Y'all have a good one. Peace.